Welcome to the Know, Like, and Trust show with Brittany Gardner, the podcast where we explore the world of personal branding and how to build your know, like, and trust factor up for ultimate business success. And now here's your host, Brittany Gardner. Hey, hey guys, I hope your new year is off to a roaring good start. I'm so excited about this week's episode. And to be bluntly honest with you guys, I normally record the intros and outros just after recording the episode itself, but I forgot to do that this time. So I just read through the entire transcript and was, well, odd all over again. So that's how excited I am to share this with you. We're going to be talking with Neil Williams today, and the whole point of this episode is talking about thinking and how thinking is the entrepreneur's greatest asset. And one of the things that Neil said in the interview, which will be coming up in just a moment, is that you know we, we think of thinking as a lesser skill, but as CEOs, as entrepreneurs, it's really one of the most lucrative things that we can be doing because that is where the problem solving happens. And that's what our clients are hiring us for. So on the heels of last week's episode about saying your content needs to be intentional, that leads right into this. Because once you realize your content needs to be intentional and it has a purpose, you end up spending a little bit of time thinking about it. And that thinking may feel like a waste of time, especially if you're not used to devoting time to that. But I want to help you reframe that entire message and this particular interview couldn't be slated at a better time to do so. So diving in, Neil is a master certified life and time coach through the Life Coach School, host of the Unbusy Your Life podcast, and creator of the Unbusy Entrepreneur Mastermind. Only after ditching her own belief that success was measured by the number of hours worked was Neil about to achieve true lifestyle freedom while juggling her roles as mom, wife, master certified coach, entrepreneur, and employee. Now she helps two busy, high-achieving online entrepreneurs simplify their schedules to 30 hours or less for more time and lifestyle freedom. All right, guys, here we are with the interview. All right, Neil, welcome to the No Like and Trust Show. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. You are most welcome. I am really interested in this topic. Longtime listeners know that I don't work a quote-unquote full-time schedule. Which, by the way, I'd like to just get rid of that terminology in the first place. Like, I feel like I work very full time. <laughs> but I think there's this idea that if we're not working as much as, you know, your average office worker who, well, at this time of the year, leaves the house when it's dark and gets back when it's dark if they work in person, that we're not like working hard. And I, I don't really understand that whole thing. I feel like I'm as efficient as someone who often works 60 hours a week because I have to be. I mean, I've, I've designed my life to be. So I'm just, I'm really interested in hearing your take on all the things and hustle culture and creating a business that you actually can make work within your life. Yeah. I love that you're an example of this because I think the idea of hard work creates success is the thing that has us punching the clock as if like the time is the thing that's valuable. I look at it very differently, just like you do, Brittany. I don't look at the time. I look at what I'm creating inside of the time. So when you get really efficient, you look at, you can create a lot of results in just a small amount of time. You don't need 40, 50, 60 hours per week to do that. And in fact, there's a lot of studies that have been done that show 
that on average, this is kind of mind blowing, on average, many workers get their work done in 12 hours a week. So then the rest of the time is just time for time's sake, not time creating value or results. You know, it's so funny you said that. So, you know, I look at my husband when when the pandemic began, you know, he, like everyone, came home from his downtown office and everything. And I had my first clue into how he worked, right? And I think we all saw the memes like, oh, my husband's the guy that says, let's circle back, right? Like, I laughed so hard at those because I was actively thinking that at the time. It, <laughs> um, yes. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I, I had hopes that, you know, they would all figure out that, you know, without the you know, oh, I'm going to wander to the bathroom and talk with five people along the way without all of that going on that they would all learn you don't have to actually work 40 hours to get your job accomplished. But it seems like they've just filled it with Zoom meetings instead. And now we have like the, you know, Zooms that could be emails, memes floating around, right? But right. I, I had really high hopes that it would shift at least somewhat. And I don't think it has in, in the corporate world, at least I don't think it has. I don't know about us. <laughs> And I think it's because like, if you're looking at your job through a lens, like I have to do this in 40 hours per week or 50 hours per week, like somehow in your mind, if it's the time that's valuable, then working less wouldn't fit into that. And so you wouldn't, you will artificially fill, find a way to fill it up, which is what has happened in the corporate world. Like there were all these means we didn't used to have, but now because you know, we can get our work done or whatever in less time, we have to find some way to fill that time to feel like we're doing our job. Like we're actually like fulfilling on what our, what we're supposed to be doing. And so that's what happens. Right. And instead of thinking about it in the reverse, which is the way that you think about it. And the way that I think about it is what are the things that I want done? What is the result? What are the accomplishments What's the value? And then I just go to work and I get those things done. I don't have to have like 50 hours to do it. I just tell myself, okay, this is the amount of time I have. I'm getting it done in this time. And then you do, and then you have all this other time that you can then just spend in doing your life the way that you want. That's the model I love to see in the corporate world, because then you're thinking about the value of your time, not just like the time itself. It's like what you're creating inside of the time. That's what's important. That's what's valuable. It's interesting because I'm sure you're in a plethora of Facebook groups online, just like the rest of us, right? And I, I see it every so often. People are like, you know, I just quit my full-time job. I'm going to make a go of my business. And I feel like I'm getting less done now. And, you know, I kind of like sadly laugh inside every time I see that because it's it's something I feel like everyone has to go through at, at some point just to realize that you will fill your container of time regardless of the fact that you used to not feel that same volume of time. You're still going to fill it and you're not actually going to get a whole lot more done until you get really regimented or systematized about your thinking about it, not so much systematized in terms of like, oh, I'm going to, you know, punch in my clock every 15 minutes, but like you have to get there. Yeah. Yeah. And I think what happens in the corporate world, it de-incentivizes, it's not the word. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like saying that, I'm like, that doesn't sound right. But it de-incentivizes any efficiency because as soon as you get, this is exactly what happened to me in the corporate world too. As soon as you get really efficient and really good at getting something done quickly, what happens is then they're like, oh, well, you can just take on more. So that taking on more, taking on more, then that's the artificial way of just like filling up the time, filling up the time as if 
the value in that role is in the time that you do it, not in the results that you create in it. And so then if that's the world that you're used to, when you go into entrepreneuring, that is what you're going to also be naturally inclined to do in your business. And that's why that happens for so many people, even though they could do their business in 10 to 20 hours per week, they don't know how to not work that extra time. It feels uncomfortable. It feels like they're not doing it right. Like they should be doing more. And so they will naturally increase their workload or what the time they spend getting their work done to fulfill that idea in their mind that they're somehow doing it right because they're working the right number of hours. Yeah. I love the way that you just stated that, that, you know, as an entrepreneur, we we do have all the incentive in the world if we can get our mindset correct around it, right? right. It's like <laughs> yes. to yes. to spend less time on on things, and you know that might be different for one you know business owner to an, another. It's actually even for me, it's different from one client project to another because if I'm totally. building a like a measurement dashboard for someone, that's hands on work that I have to be doing for that person, and I know it's going to take a certain amount of time, no matter what. But if I'm doing um copy for someone for example the vast majority of my time writing copy is actually spent thinking and i don't have to actually think at my desk as it turns out you know i do need access to a voice memo just in case something brilliant comes up in a in a moment right but i can do that thinking while i'm driving to the gym i can do that thinking while i'm in the shower i can do that thinking while i'm chopping vegetables for dinner and i wouldn't qualify that as work time because i'm not I'm not in my office, but that doesn't mean that I'm not getting work done at the same time. Yeah. What you just said is so brilliant. And it's actually like one of the things that I was hoping that we would get to in this discussion is the thing that people are used to doing when they're in their corporate jobs is the doing, like the working, less so used to doing the thinking, which is what entrepreneurs do, right? We we get paid because we think like that is the entrepreneurial lucrative skill set is the ability to think and solve problems in ways that other people haven't solved them in. So also like thinking about like not busying your time with like working in your business, but what you're saying is working as the CEO, working on your business, thinking, problem solving, strategizing, thinking about things in a different way. And that often happens very naturally and very easily but not in front of a computer because the way that the brain is structured, that's the right brain is the one that's doing all that innovative, creative thinking. And it hates the idea of a box or a schedule or a budget or a plan. So when you're noticing all those ideas are coming to you kind of like naturally elsewhere, it makes sense because you're not sitting down telling yourself you have to have three answers. You have to solve this. Or you have to do this. And so it allows the right part of your brain to just be activated and just work naturally the way that it is. And I think that some people have the idea that that's wrong, that we shouldn't be doing that. So then they discount that as like, no, I should be able to just do that when I'm sitting in front of my computer, but that's just not the way the brain works. So leveraging that creative genius that's going to happen outside of your office, I think is an amazing way to do business. Uh, I love the way that you said, you know, one of our entrepreneurial things, right? Like it's thinking. Yeah. Yeah. Thinking is our skill set. And I feel like yeah. I feel like more people need to talk about that for starters. <laughs> right. <laughs> but also I think as a general rule, a lot of especially if, if if you've come from the corporate world. I did not come from the corporate world, so I'm a, I'm a little bit of a different beast there, but I think that the act of thinking is not given enough space 
And then when you do actually come up with something brilliant, I feel like people think it's a fluke. Whereas I have found that if I am staring at a problem on my computer screen, like you said, right, and it's just not happening, and sometimes it does flow, you know, while I'm sitting here, but um, if it's not happening, the best thing I can do is go do some sort of enjoyable chore. I am not talking about scrubbing my shower out. I have not once ever in my life walked away from my desk to go scrub my shower. I'm, it, that's not me. <laughs> but I'm really excited to have a garden again now that we've you know moved to a, a house that has a backyard with more space because I used to get really great ideas while I was gardening and in, in, uh, like two houses ago. And those are the kinds of things that I think we create space in our world for as entrepreneurs in like talk, right? We say that we're creating space. There's this like whole time freedom thing that everyone talks about, but most entrepreneurs, they talk about creating that time freedom, but they still don't have it. I think one of the reasons is, is because we've discounted it as a lesser activity. We think that the making of the money and all those important things come from the doing. So we're so hyper-focused on that. But if we just stopped like what you're saying is, and we realize the brilliance comes from the thinking. And if we just gave ourselves the space to think, like literally when I coach my clients, I ask them to put thinking time on their schedules, which sounds ridiculous, but it makes sure that they carve out time to think like the better you think, the more money you're going to make, the easier things are going to be, the simpler you're going to make things in your business and in your life. And once we start to realize like that is the lucrative skill, more of us are going to be inclined to actually be doing that more often. And I'm with you, like my best ideas come when I'm running when I'm in a plane, when I'm driving, like all of that stuff. And it's again, because I'm not forcing my brain to come up with a solution. I just like know that it's going to come, but I'm not like judging it or requiring it to come at a certain time. Just like being open to when it does come. And I always know that it does and it does. You just have to be open to giving yourself your brain the space to like digest it and marinate on it for a little bit and then return the answer to you. I think for me, when I'm working on my own business, that's a really easy concept to understand and internalize. But when I'm working on a client project, I still, even even knowing all the stuff that we've been talking about, I still struggle, right? So, you know, I, like I'm, I'm working on the sales copy for one of my clients right now, and it's a subject I've never written about before. So I did I did my research. That's the doing, right? And then I just sat there and looked at it and I walked away. And it was easy for me to walk away. I think time, timing wise, it was time for me to walk away from my desk. And it took me a couple days of not touching it to get the angle in line to like think through the kind of the, the pattern of how the sales copy was going to flow. And I wouldn't have been able to do that had I been working on a tight deadline. And I'm getting better at quoting client project timelines that gives me the ability to do the same thing for my clients that I do for myself, which sounds like a really interestingly easy observation, but it's taken an embarrassingly long time for me to figure that out. Yeah, I think that's one of the things, right? Giving yourself space to think and not trying to cram it in or like having expectation that you're going to return an answer within a certain time frame. Again, that's like the creative brain, it kind of shuts down in those scenarios because it again, doesn't like to be boxed in. It likes the freedom. It likes the play. It likes the openness and the space. So the more that you can give yourself that, 
the easier it is going to be, like the more quickly your brain will work for you. And even think about like that, Brittany, like if you forced, like you just chose something and you did something without, you're like, okay, I'm on a deadline and I have to do this. You would have come up with something, but my guess is later that idea would have come to you and then you would have redone that or you would have probably right yeah. <laughs> so it's it's actually more efficient to just give yourself the space because then you're maybe not questioning yourself or redoing things that you wouldn't have done that the other way yeah no that's that's a very powerful observation because i would have probably gone back and redone it and rejigged and and it would have taken me maybe not twice as much but certainly more time so i yeah no that's great yeah i think the the better that we get at thinking first and then doing the more efficient we use our time, the more value we create in our time and the quicker that process happens, the more you practice it, it just happens faster and faster and faster. Yeah. But maybe let's not tell my parents that because then that whole think before you speak thing they used to scream at me all the time would be a little more appropriate. So We're just going to think before we do as entrepreneurs. Yeah. <laughs> Say yeah that. There we go. <laughs> So I know like how I came to my place of working less and, and creating room in my life and all of that. And I know my reasons for it, but I guess we could have started with the interview with this, but how, how did you get to this place where you found like kind of your sweet spot about how much you're working? Yeah. I became a mom and <laughs> you're a mom. So everyone tells you like, everything's going to change. And I'm like, no, it's fine. I'm different. Like it's not going to change. Right. But I, I tried to keep my whole world the same, even though I was a mom and it was so hard, it was overwhelming. I was drained. I was still working that crazy corporate job of like 60 plus, you know, sometimes 80 hours a week. And I was like, this is just not working. So I just, I, I, I was like, there has to be a better way to do this. Like this doesn't even make sense. And so what I decided was I wanted to work less. And I had this idea, like 30 hours felt really good to me, like about a five to six hour day. And then I would just have space to be a mom and do the other things that I wanted to do in my life. So I started down that path and people kept telling me, well, you can totally do that, but you're not going to make as much money. You're going to have to take a, a demotion. And I'm like, this is such crap. Like, I just don't <laughs> think that that is the only option here. Right. I just, so I didn't take that as the only solution. And I finally figured out like how to do my same job basically in 30 hours. So that was like my first stab at this. I was like, okay, that's fine, but I'm just going to figure out how to do this. I'm creating the same result. I was just as productive, if not more productive than everyone else who was working those crazy work weeks. I got the same amount done that they did. I just used less time to do it. So that was like my first iteration of that. And then I started my own business and I was like, okay, I'm not going to do that thing that people do where they like trade the job for the business where they end up working 50, 60 hours per week. I just didn't give myself the option to do that. So I decided it's going to be 25 to 30 hours per week, or I'm not doing it. And I just drew the line in the sand for myself. And I just figured out how to do it in that amount of time, because I didn't give myself the option of more time. And that's what I think happens is, you know, we, it's like this slow process. You're like, okay, well, just this one time I'll like work the weekend or I'll work tonight to get that thing done, but I won't do it again. And, you know, if we're honest with ourselves, we do it one time, it's easier to do it the next time. And then it just becomes a pattern that we do. And before we realize it, we're like, oh my goodness, I'm working 50 to 60 hours a week again. How did that happen? So when you take more time as a solution off the table, what it forces you to do is to think about things in a different way. And that's where all the innovation, that's where all the creative solutions come from. That's where you learn how to do things and get them done in the time that you do have is by not allowing time to be the solution. 
I love what you just said. When you take it off the table, it forces you to think about doing things in a different way. Yep. Because yes, that is where all the magic happens. Totally. You know, you you say, no, 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 this this is simply not an option. And you now you have to seek a solution within the new container. Right. And we're so smart as humans, we always like we figure it out. It's just we we go to the easy solution, which is more time often. The more time solution doesn't require thinking. But if you want to think, outthink your problem instead of outworking your problem, that's the way you do it. You take time off of the table as an option. It's it's interesting. So right now my 10-year-old is on the other side of the house trying to learn how to set up a, a WordPress website on Elementor, right? Like he wants to <laughs> learn amazing. how to do something to make money. And I was like, well, you know, I often like do this repetitive things. If you could figure all this out, I'll I'll pay you to do this for me. And I set him up last week with like the Elementor Academy, like the basics, right? Like learn the basics. And their tutorial video looks a little bit different. It was probably on like a different WordPress version, right? And he got frustrated and I, I told him straight up. Now I happened to not be working that day. I think I was painting one of the rooms in the house, but like I told him, hey, I can't keep coming back here to answer questions. This is something that you need to figure out. If it costs me more time to teach you how to do this than it would for me to do it myself, this is no longer a good solution for me. And he got really frustrated and he quit. And I was like, okay, well, that's your choice. You wanted a way to earn more money and I gave it to you and you chose not to do it. That's your choice. Well, guess what he's doing today? He's back at it because, you know, he wants to earn the money again. He wants to do stuff, right? And I told him, like, I have two podcasts to record back to back. You cannot come and interrupt me. I am busy. And you know what? He hasn't interrupted me. And in between the two, he was still working on it. So I feel like... When you just take that easy mom card out of that situation, he found really? a way to figure it out. Or or he's just futzing around, which could totally be the other option. I don't know. Right. But, you know, like I want him to become that solution seeker. And you know, I can say that as as his parent and as his, you know, adult in training, right? But mm-hmm. if I'm not doing that myself in my own life, I, what kind of example am I setting for him as a parent? And I, I'm really excited that he's hopefully still working on it so that I can go out there and be like, look, buddy, you found a way around something that you previously wanted to quit at. Like you can make this work for you. You can make this work for your life and, and maybe even help your mom in the process. But you know, like, you know, it is an option, but like we, these are, these are learning skills that we aren't exactly taught. No. And that's the thing, like school teaches us some stuff, but the solutions that we're asked to come up with in school are very much like in the box, predetermined solutions. And then it's challenging. Then you get out into the world, and especially as an entrepreneur, there are no in the box solutions. Like you have to create the solutions for things. And that's a totally different skill set. So I love that you're doing that so much for him. Like, can you imagine like he has a skill set of being able to solve any problem that comes his way going out into the world? Like you couldn't even set him up better for life with any other skill set, right? I hope so. <laughs> yeah, right, you know? Because he'll just be able to figure out. He's like, oh, that didn't work. Okay, not a problem. I'm going to try this. And that didn't work. Okay, like he will just figure out how to create a solution without someone telling him what the solution is. Yeah. I, And I think if if all of my clients felt the same way about their business, I feel like we could make such magic happen in this world, right? Totally. Yes. I agree with you. Like this is why I think... In my opinion, like entrepreneurs have the opportunity to really change the face of what it looks like to do work 
and business because we have so much flexibility, we have autonomy to be able to do it in the way that we want. We just have to grab onto that magic and use it for us. And I think the more of us that do that, like you're an example out there in the world, I'm an example of doing it in the world, the rest of the world is going to like take notice at some point and that shift is gonna happen where we're not using time to create things, we're using our minds to create solutions in new and different ways. And I feel like as as an online business like society, I feel like we're halfway there. You know, yeah. there's a lot of people who have figured out, you know, I'm not I'm not someone who has to charge, you know, an hourly rate. I can charge yeah. by a project. So yeah. they've already got the the value portion of it done where mm-hmm. you know, I am I am doing this service for you. There is a value associated for that service. It doesn't matter whether it takes me 10 hours or 20 hours because you're receiving the same value. So I feel like we're halfway there on that side of things. We just need to actually like apply it to our own lives and take that next step. Yeah. And I think one of the things like anybody who's listening for this, if you're working more, more hours than what you want, or you're working to, you know, 50, 60 hour per week, no one's saying that that's wrong. All we're saying is there's an opportunity to not work as many hours if you want to. And the way you get to that is you just start scaling it back. You start like I have a, a even like a six month plan that I use with a lot of my clients where it's okay, here's what you're working now in six months. What do you want to be working? And we just like, we just chunk it back a little at a time, like maybe a half hour a week, maybe an hour a week. And you figure out how do you get your work done in 45 and a half hours instead of 46. And then the next week in 45, like there is a systematic way to do it. And what you're going to learn is like, oh my gosh, I'm creating so many more solutions and I have so many different ideas because I'm not using time to solve these problems for me or as the answer to all of these things. And that's really where all of the creativity lies is in taking time off the table as the answer. I love the direction that this conversation has gone. I mean, it's a little bit different than what we probably were (laughs) planning on, but like you know, I, I do agree with you. I think creativity is an entrepreneur's greatest strength and setting yourself up in the best way possible to exercise that creativity. Why wouldn't you do that? Right. It's fun. <laughs> I mean, like it's some of the most fun things that we do, right, is coming up with amazing ideas. How good does it feel to come up with a brilliant idea? It's like, oh my gosh, this is going to be amazing. I can't wait to tell people. I can't wait to use this idea. And I think one of the best ways to start engaging with that is asking yourself really great questions. We have so much wisdom inside of us, but it, it's the getting out, getting it out of our own minds and out of us that is sometimes the most challenging thing. So just even posing one question a day to yourself and coming up with maybe three answers to that question, like a high quality question. How can I make this simpler? How can I make this easier? How can I get this done in maybe 30 minutes less or in half the time? Your brain has the answers. That's the thing that I think we miss is like the answers are in here. We just have to give them a forum to come out. And sometimes questions are the things that bring those up to the surface and to the forefront. I love it. Do you have a couple more examples of those high quality questions? I mean, how, how can I make this more simple? It's a wonderful one. I, I love that. Yeah. Along those same lines, when I think about simplifying, because in some, in, to some degree, like when you do scale back your work week, you do end up creating a simpler business, a cleaner business that's easier to run because it can't be super complicated and messy and all that. And you do it <laughs> 20 hours per week, right? So that's kind of a nice strategic byproduct that comes from that. 
So I like to think about simplification in two ways. Number one, how can I simplify the steps? That's like layer one. That would be first question I would ask. And then layer two of that is you're kind of like learning about mastering simplicity is what can I eliminate? What steps can I eliminate? Because no steps is way easier than simpler steps. So thinking about like, like that, how can I make it easier for myself? The other questions that I like to ask are like, how can I do this in half the time? Like if it were possible, and a lot of time your brain is like, initially your brain is gonna be like, it won't, right? But you just can't keep pressing forward. So the other thing I like to think of is, okay, if it were possible for me to do this in half the time, what might I try? And sometimes it's through the trying that you learn all the actual way that you'll get there, but you have to start with a question of like, what would I try to do this? So things like that. And like, if there was a way for me to not do this, how would I make that happen? So some of the things that are on your schedule, are like, oh my God, I hate doing that. Like if it's sales calls or it's writing an email or anything else, like how could I figure out a way to not do it or to make, to do it in a way that is really fun for me? I can make it fun. What would that look like? So all of those are really high quality questions that are going to ask your brain to think about things in a different way than you probably have thought about them before. If you're just like kind of chugging along and going along and doing the same thing you've always done. That's what we want to do is kind of shake it up. I like that. Yeah. Shaking it up. Shaking it up is how you and I both got here. I mean, I, I'm working about 20 hours a week right now. Yeah. You're a little bit more than that, but you know, I, I think we've each found what works for our lives and I've said many times, I didn't create my business to run my life. I created my business to allow me to live my life. And I'm so glad to hear that you're on the same page. Yeah, I love that so much. I, I have a similar kind of like mantra. It's like, how do I work my business around my life? How do I create a business that works around my life instead of the other way, which is what the corporate world was built on, right? Is like, we work first and then we live. Just flipping that. We're going to live first and then work. Yeah. And I'm much happier as a result. Totally. Right. And I mean, obviously you don't need the extra hours. That's the thing that is so funny. Like when we realize that we don't need it, we're like, why was I ever working that many hours in the first place? <laughs> like I actually didn't need it to create what I wanted. Yeah. And here we are. This has been fantastic, Neil. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Such a fun discussion. All right, friends, I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. I loved the questions that Neil Willems gave us, all of the simplifying questions. How can I do this better? If I only had half the time, what would I do? And I've already started applying these to some of the things in my life. I've actually managed to remove one of the pieces of tech I used to use and combine other things in a way to not just simplify my life, but simplify things for my podcast manager as well because efficiency helps us all, right? Anyway, that's my personal takeaway from this episode. I hope you enjoyed it and you will start applying those questions to your world as well. See you next week.